What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Current Era Pod. I'm your host, Julian, and today I have the very special NBA trade deadline episode with Javar. Um, guys, this episode actually was, like, corrupted. Uh, we recorded this literally the day after the trade deadline happened, uh, maybe a week or two ago, and the file was lost, so I wasn't able to release the episode, but somehow, miraculously, the file has been recovered and saved, so I have the audio here for you, and it is a great episode. I'm so glad. Uh, Javar and I give our reactions to, of course, LaMarcus Aldridge going to the Nets. Uh, we talk about the Bulls trade for the Nuggets. Uh, we have so much to talk about, so much to discuss. And I can't wait for you to hear it, guys. It's a really great episode. We break down literally everything. Uh, also, guys, if you're first-timers or new to the pod, please hit that subscribe button. It really does help the pod grow. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave me that five-star review. Uh, other than that, no more talking. Let's go ahead and get to the episode. And we're back. Javar, man, welcome back to the pod. Another great edition of the Current Era Pod. We have uh, a lot of things to talk about. NBA trade deadline just happened this past Thursday. Uh, it wasn't as insane as it's been, but there were still plenty of trades, especially uh, at the last minute, to discuss a few buyout candidates. Um, so, man, welcome back to the pod, man. How you doing? You ready to get started? Yeah, man. Glad to be back uh, so soon. Uh, like we expected. Right. <laughs> um, like you said, pretty much it was a lot more activity than what we thought might have happened. Uh, no big trades, but some interesting things going on. Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic, all-star big man, has been traded to the Chicago Bulls for Wendell Carter Jr., former first-round pick, I think top-five pick, uh, Otto Porter Jr., and two first-rounders. Um, this is a this was an interesting trade. I mean, this kind of just confirmed that they were just cleaning house. I mean, mm-hmm. why would they trade their quote-unquote best player uh, if, if they weren't doing a complete rebuild, which obviously we'll talk about the Aaron Gordon thing in just a second, but what was your reaction to the uh, to the Vucevic trade to the Bulls, and how do you think he actually fits uh, the Chicago style? It was interesting. Um, I thought it was way overdue for Orlando to finally blow it up. Um, the, their hand was kind of forced because of a lot of injuries they had, so they finally fell out of that eight seed, ninth seed, tenth seed race, and just was basically in a tank race. So, you know, what's the point of having these veterans? Is you haven't really been able to win with uh, if you're not even winning really at all this year. So they blew it up. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good for them. Uh, Vucevic, I think, I think uh, you know the Bulls are, are quietly, you know, kind of in contention this year. Zach Levine has been, he's really stepped his game up. Uh, he's always been a good offensive player, but he's stepped up his playmaking and his defense. And you know, they're winning a couple more games this year, so now they're currently in the tenth spot, and uh, they're tired of being trash. So they want to try to go for it a little bit to try to make that to basically replace Orlando <laughs> to be yeah. that. Eight seed bottom feeder type team, which you know, whatever. Um, so I mean, all in all, good move for the for both teams, I guess, for the direction that they're trying to go. They're, the Bulls are tired of languishing; they want to try to win a little bit. We'll see what happens. Um, also, got to keep in mind Zach Levine will be a free agent after next year, so they felt like they had to try mm-hmm. to give him something to try to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the Orlando Magic, they're taking a flyer on Wendell Carter Jr., a, a young player with some promise. He's had some injuries. Um, and uh, they might end up buying out Auto Porter. I don't think he really does anything for them. And uh, we'll see. What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, man. I have very similar thoughts. Um, first of all, I, I do like Vucevic. He's a pretty much locked-in 20-10 and 10 guy. Um, he can stretch the floor, shoot a three with ease. Um, he he averages like 12 or 13 rebounds a game, which is like, whoa, okay. I mean, um, quietly, you, you could 
frankly say he's close to like a top five center. I mean, yeah, it's not really saying much, I guess, these days. But yeah, I mean, and he's he's been consistent. Like mm-hmm. he's he's been that guy for the last four or five years. So, um, like you said, like they're they're finally giving Zach Levine some help in Chicago. Um, they've been pretty awful for my lifetime, anyway. Um, except for you know, obviously when Jordan was there and in that brief stint with Derrick Rose, but. Um, it, it's I'm, I'm I'm happy that that the Bulls are trying to do something. I'm happy that they realize that Zach Levine's the guy, um, and that you know if if they want to appease him or if they want to, you know if 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 they want to make Chicago a, a destination spot, um, they're, they're going to try to do something to beef up their roster. So I'll, I'll definitely be paying attention to them uh, in the coming weeks to see if they stay in that playing spot. Um, right now they're 19 and 25 on a three game losing streak, but you know the the schedule and um, you know they're they're a young team, so uh, I, I'm excited for Chicago, Orlando. Uh, my goodness, they like you said, uh, bottom feeders. They're 15 and 30. I didn't realize they were that bad. Uh, I'm not sure what yeah. happened. Like, they, they, weren't they in the playoffs last year? Like, I don't. I'm not yeah. sure what's going on. But you know, they tried to they handed the keys to Markel Fultz, and then he got hurt. And then you know, like Jonathan Isaac, some some, yeah, some of the yeah, young players hurt. they were depending on got hurt early in the season, and they just kind of been languishing. Yeah, very true. I I forgot uh, Fultz got hurt. I do remember he he got that three year fifty million dollar deal, and then he got hurt like the next week, which sucked for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, Jonathan Isaacs, who seems like he's hurt every year. I feel bad for the guy. He's in the second or third year. He can't stay healthy. Uh, Mo Bamba is also hurt. Yep. So yep, yep. it's just yeah, it, it sucks for them. I mean, and Aaron Gordon was always on and off, but let's let's move on to Aaron Gordon, man. He was, in my opinion, I, I said this in the last pod. I thought he was their best player. Um, he's, he, he's improved every year. He's a freaky athletic wing who can guard the perimeter. He's oversized like six, eight, six, nine. Uh, he, he can shoot the three. Uh, he, he has really great touch around the rim. Uh, but he can be inconsistent. And like I said, he was a little injury prone in his time in Orlando, but they did move him as well to the Denver Nuggets for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton and first round pick. Um, I, I absolutely love this move for Denver. I think, if, if there was ever a time to make this type of move for Denver, it's right now while the West is looking shaky with AD and LeBron out. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to pounce, put your foot on their neck and go for it. I mean, you've got two young superstars and Nikola Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray. And of course you got uh, Michael Porter Jr. Who's been balling for them this year. So I, I really love this move. I'm not sure how, he, how I mean, what they're going to do with the rotation uh, as far as Paul Millsap. Because I think he started in every game aside from one this year. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But I really like this move for, for Denver, man. What do you think? I agree. Um, yeah, Gary Harris kind of has been, you know, just not quite – like he had a good first couple of years and he had potential coming out of Michigan State, but he hasn't really lived up to his potential. He's kind of just out there. I don't know. So, for what mm-hmm. they're paying him, it was good to get off of that contract and get a, a guy who – I'll be interested to see how Aaron Gordon fits because he's probably going to be like their fourth option, right? I mean, I think they they probably invested in uh, Michael Porter Jr. being their third, uh, guy. third guy, and I think he's probably got a little more more offensive, a little more shake to his game, you know, more offensive skill than Gordon. Mm-hmm. Gordon Gordon kind of a tweener, doesn't really have a overwhelming skill set other than his athleticism, and you know, so. Uh, I think he'll be he'll be eating pretty good actually, feeding off of a uh, Jokic and just cutting. And just playing kind of like that Sean Marion, like garbage man role almost. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be good for him. And I think the sooner that he figures that out, they'll they'll take off. Uh, I, I'm a little concerned about now their their two spot losing now. 
uh, Gary Harris, losing RJ Hampton, losing uh, what's his name, uh, Malik Beasley from last year. Yeah. So they're kind of dependent a lot on Will Barton to fill that spot. Um, and Will the thrill. Monte Morris and stuff like that. So, you know, they're, they're kind of light on guards now. But, you know, it's a good move. Also, quietly, they also got Jadel McGee, who will yep. kind of take that, that Mason Plumley role and kind of just do his thing and play, play more focused over there. So that's a good move as well. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, I, I like what Denver did a lot, um, mm-hmm. which I don't like because they're in the West and they're <laughs> two and a, uh, one, a game and a half behind the Lakers. So, yeah. Eh. And yeah, you know, I, I I forgot about JaVale McGee. Obviously, JaVale McGee is, you know, he was a vital part of our championship that we had last year. Um, he couldn't really play in the Denver series against Denver just because Jokic was just dominating him. Um, but that's why we had Dwight Howard for. But you no, know, I mean, I'm, I I don't I don't know. I I kind of feel like, and I think I said this in a group chat that they got JaVale McGee just so, you know, just so Jokic wouldn't have to go against him. But now that I remember, I don't know. Jokic was like. Killing him, kind of. So maybe, maybe they really just want him as a backup center. Um, to me, he doesn't really fit the Mason Plumley role. I mean, I feel like Mason Plumley's more of a playmaker uh, than Javale is, but he definitely gives them that championship mindset. Uh, he he can still protect the rim and rebound well enough. Um, and you know, so Jokic doesn't have to run thirty-five to forty-eight minutes a night. So uh, I, I do, I do think it's a great move for Denver. <clears throat> Yeah, they needed a backup big. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Rondo, man. This, you know, let, it, but, but before we move off the Magic, just want to also touch on them also giving Evan Fournier away for basically ah, you know, Jeff Teague and some picks. Kind yeah. of did, did Boston a solid there. But, yeah. but Evan Fournier, I don't know. Like He's kind of like – he reminds me of like Aaron Aflalo, like just one of those play, players of the generation or like almost like a Kevin Martin like Just one of those guys who are just you know decent guy, decent scores, decent players, but not a star. Mm-hmm. And you know, just like a good starter, I think it'll help Boston to have just another guy that can that can, you know, give them buckets and do some things because they only had a couple guys. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. And I don't know if I, it pushes the needle, but you know, that's just what I was going to say. You know, Fournier has hit a few game winners. I know he just hit one like last week or something crazy. Um, and I, I I like his game. I mean, he's very quick. Uh, he can shoot the ball well, but doesn't move the needle in Boston. Like, I mean. Boston didn't do anything. Uh, right, I, mean, I was expecting I guess, them to make some moves. Yeah, yeah I, I, I guess they 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 did move Tice to Chicago and uh, they they got Fournier. But, but yeah, they, they move they move Tice for Mo Wagner. What is he going to do for Boston? Huh? <laughs> Maybe they just realize it's not their year and they're kind of just like whatever. I don't know. Wow, you you, you think they're throwing in the towel already? I mean, not necessarily throwing in the towel, but they didn't go all in. They didn't really do nothing to really try to right the ship. They're sitting in the seventh seed right now. Yeah. 23 and 23 pathetic you know i, I mean it, I, I think that they were also trying to make pushes for andre drummond and lamarcus aldridge which of course didn't work out in their favor but mm-hmm. yeah I, I i absolutely expected them to be more active in this trade deadline than they were um but let's let's talk about rondo real quick man mm-hmm. rondo it's, it's interesting because obviously he got traded to the clippers for lou williams and people are making the lou williams and um you know magic city, magic jokes, city. but <laughs> it i mean before the season even started, it was like, okay, Rondo is going to the Clippers. Like that's that's what was heavily reported, and he mm-hmm. ended up signing this weird deal with the Hawks. Uh, you know, people thought it was so he could play more, so he could mentor Trey Young. But halfway no. through the season, they just trade him out. Like I, I, I don't playing. get it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he he wasn't getting no burn. Um, 
I, I don't know what what that mindset was. Like maybe it was purely for the money. Yeah, it had to be um, for the money. Nobody okay. else is paying him seven, you know, fifteen million. Okay, two well, years. Okay, well then if if it's for the money, then you know whatever. But yeah, he, he's actually he's Clippers. winning, right? Like he got his money and he got traded to a contender. Yep. And basically, like sat out half the season. Like he did exactly what he wanted to do. <laughs> and you know that's 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 kind of where I'm going, man. I think this is a great move for the Clippers, and I really hate to say that. Um, we know what Rondo can look like in a regular season versus the postseason. Um, so I mean, I'm not really, I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to pay attention to the Clippers until that time. But the Clippers desperately needed somebody to take the ball out of Kawhi and Paul George's hands so much. Just somebody that can run the offense, somebody that can guard other guards, and somebody that's cerebral that can just help guys get to their spots. Uh, and and to just know know everything on the court. And Rondo is that guy to a T. I think he will really, really help the Clippers team. Um, how do you how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, frankly, so people were clowning the Clippers for tra- giving up Lou Will for Rondo. If you look at it just player for player, like, you know, Lou Will is supposed to be way better than Rondo, right? Right. Player for player, you know, if you just look at it, you know, for as a casual fan. And they had to give up two second-round picks to get – so they had to, the Clippers had to give up Lou Will and picks to get Rondo. And ultimately, I agree with you. I think it was worth it. And and not only just for the playoffs, but even for, like, the regular season. So, like, someone to give these guys, like, confidence when they have a bad game. Uh, you know, just someone that that you just you just know, you know, carries itself with, like, a you know, a leadership mantle and, like, that gravitas in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, Kawhi, as good as he is, he's kind of just a merc. You know, if they have a bad game, he just puts on his, his, his hoodie and he just walks out. You know, he don't really <laughs> give, like, a rah-rah or kind of try to fire up the team or nothing. Paul George don't really got the juice like that. Nobody look at him like that, you know, really as someone that got that kind of sway or say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just on the plane rides, uh, in the locker room, just all that type of stuff, I think he's going to be great for them. And then in the playoffs, is he, if he's the type of player that w- we saw last year, like playoff Rondo, mm-hmm. he's going to be huge for the Clippers, frankly. Yep. Like, yeah. Huge, huge for them. I, I don't think people really understand, like, how good he was. Like, it's not a, a playoff Rondo is not a game. Like, this, yeah. this guy, I can't really – play him no more like as much as i hated him when he was with the lakers in the season he saved our ass in the playoffs always i always give him props for that and Mm -hmm. you know until he shows otherwise the playoff rondo um i mean i'm kind of hating this move to be honest yeah no yeah i agree i mean i i put it on the run sheet because like i couldn't ignore it um like you said people were trying to clown it like rondo for lou will but um you know i i I guess i guess as laker fans since since we had to watch him for the past two years every game and in the postseason we know um and like his stats never jump off the page so i mean you know maybe the casual that watches him on tv once in a while or just looked at the uh at the box score is thinking that this doesn't matter but um yeah rondo rondo's that guy i mean hopefully he lost a step but uh you know we'll, we'll see man we'll see Let's move on to uh, Victor Oladipo in Houston. Um, they decided to ship out Victor Oladipo to Miami for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. Now, this 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 was weird. Um, talk about a steal! Pat Riley is a genius uh, in Houston. What what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, we we got to run back the tape on that that whole mm-hmm. James Harden trade situation. They got screwed. Like, what were they doing? They could have had Ben Simmons. Screw all these picks and. <laughs> These bums that y'all got, like they just completely messed that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. What, what what's your opinion on Victor going to uh, Miami? How's he fit? Well, 
it's interesting. I mean, if that's all it took for Oladipo, I'm wondering why nobody else just took a flyer at him. I mean, right? Maybe they had some kind of behind the you know under the table thing because Oladipo wanted to go to Miami and he might resign there. Mm-hmm. But for that price, I mean, I, maybe the Warriors should have just tried, or hell, maybe the Lakers throw in some seconds. I mean, it didn't look like oh, but this is what happened, and I think. Even if Oladipo, I mean, I think he just got to come in and just play his game, like do what he can. I don't think he's got to necessarily be the star Oladipo he was a couple years ago. Just kind of play how he was a little bit in, in Indiana. He didn't look too good in Houston, but just, uh, you know, just play his game and be comfortable and fall fall behind Jimmy Butler and, and Dragic and what they got going on there, and he'll fit in just fine. I didn't really understand why they were trying to get Kyle Lowry when they had Dragic. I mean, Lowry is better, but Drogic, I mean, is, is he that much better for the, the price they were trying to, you know, give up Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson? Like, I, I didn't really understand that one. So um, I think I like this for them better. It's like a low-stakes gamble, and it works great, and they can resign him. If not, just, you know, maybe resign him for way cheaper or just let him go. And for what they had to give up for him, it wasn't nothing. I mean, Bradley didn't even play with them. They, mm-hmm. Houston might buy him out. Olenek, he might, they might buy him out too. Though Olenek did start for them, but I don't, you know, they can lose on Linux for Oladipo. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, man, I agree. I, first of all, I, I love uh, Victor Oladipo's game. I, I think he has the right mindset um, and the right attitude to play in Miami. Uh, you, you definitely have to be a certain type of player to fit in that system. And I think, I think with with his two way ability, being able to score and defend at a high level, uh, well. Yeah, like I'm saying, like I, I think I think he'll be a great addition to the team. I mean, right now they're on like a six game losing streak, but um, yeah, which I, I thought was weird. I'm looking at the standings oh, yeah, now; they they're on well. a six game losing streak. But I think I think Miami did it again, man. Um, I, I think they pretty much got a steal here towards the end of the trade deadline last year. I was very high on Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder as additions. The same thing right here, man. I think Victor Oladipo is going to fit right in. And I think uh, I think a team like Miami, especially, will really show what they got in the postseason um, when they have time to game plan for you during the regular season. Uh, you know, dealing with COVID, and, and I, I guess I mean I guess the same thing could happen. Honestly, I mean, if one of them gets sick again, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think I think this is a great move for Miami for sure. And uh, yeah, Bradley and Olenek. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, <laughs> like, man, what did Tillman Fertitta do to the Houston Rockets? He he bought this team and completely screwed them up. Well, he bought them. They were championship contenders. They went to the finals his first year, or not a, not the finals, the uh, Western Conference. Western Conference. Conference. In the first yeah. year, and it's just been downhill ever since, man. Like this cheek my, my MF is just, I don't know. Like I'd be pissed if I was a Rockets fan. You know, it's crazy because you know, obviously uh, Boogie Cousins is gone. John Wall is. I, I feel bad for John Wall. Like. Talk about Flavian and sick. Um, this guy, this guy, he's done. He had a spark um, when it started in the beginning of the year, but he's quietly been terrible. No, no, not quietly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's been awful, unfortunately. I mean, um, a guy coming off Achilles, you know, I, I didn't expect much from him, but he was great in the first week or two. But yeah, it's pretty much been what I expected since. Let's talk about another Texas team. Let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks. They acquired J.J. Redick and Nico Melli from New Orleans. Um, I thought this is a great deal. Uh, I, I like both of those guys, even though J.J. Redick is having a down season. Um, I, I think a lot of that has to do with playing time, and um, I think he was battling uh, a little injury. But J.J. Redick can still do one thing, and that's shoot the damn ball. 
Yeah, you're not uh, going to leave them open. Yeah, exactly. And with Luka Doncic and Porzingis out there having the gravity that those two do, um, JJ Reddick's going to get a lot of shots. Uh, and same thing with Nico Melli. Like, I, I don't, I'm not sure if a lot of guys know that he's still serviceable. Like, he, he can still shoot the ball really well, too. Um, and he, he'll fit perfect in this Dallas system and this free flowing motion offense that they have. So I really like this move, man. What about you? Yeah, Melly kind of got lost in the sauce because he's behind Zion, basically. So yeah. He didn't get no minutes. Yeah. Um, and Zion's just, yeah. We'll talk about him in a second. They didn't really have to give up a lot, uh, D- Dallas, to, to get the, this trade. So, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, like I said, JJ Reddick, at the least, he feels a need for them. Losing Seth Curry, you know, obviously showed. And, and their offense being from, like, historically great to being just kind of middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, just the effect of having a shooter with Luka is that that much of a difference. So I expect Reddick to play, you know, a lot of minutes with them, like 25, 30 minutes a game. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to fit right in. And Melly, I think he's kind of going to be playing the, uh, what's his name, Maxi Kleber role in yep. a sense. Uh, so, you know, and with Porzingis, you know, he's kind of kind of insurance for him too. If Porzingis goes out, you just got another stretch big. Uh, you know, obviously he's not as good as Porzingis or even as, uh, I forgot his name, uh, Maxi Kleber. Kleber, yeah. Uh, two-way player anyway. But I think he'll fit in. Um, it's just interesting that Dallas, are they just going to try to get all, all, all the white guys in Euros? I mean, <laughs> I see I see what you're doing, Mark Cuban. I see what you're doing. Only getting white stars and Europeans. Hey, Mark Cuban is like, I know nobody else sees the value of these guys, but I do. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, hey. Chandler Parsons give you the max. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, they sure did, didn't they? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> damn. Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Luka Doncic. I mean, like they don't pay nobody with white people. I'm, okay, they, they, all right. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> that's what, I'm just saying that's what it looked like. Didn't they? I'm didn't they saying. pay uh, Josh Howard? No, they didn't. No, they let him pretty much. I think he kind of messed up his career with like drugs and violence and stuff and stuff oh. off the court. Uh, but Michael Finley, they paid him. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was kind of a deep cut back in the day, twenty years ago. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, you got me. Okay, I can't name anybody. Currently. They did try to sign DeAndre Jordan. Oh yeah, that, before that whole thing would happen, uh, where you know they're driving, what it was. driving yeah, down Mark the street. Mark was like, I ain't trusting these niggas no more. <laughs> 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 okay, man, moving on, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I thought uh, New Orleans right quick though. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't. They didn't trade Lonzo. Um, right. which I I agree with. I think they should just just pay the man. See what it takes. And you know, it, it maybe in like a year or two, if they got to trade Ingram or Lonzo to balance the sheets to get ready to pay Zion, then cross the bridge when it, when it gets to it. Don't just let Lonzo walk for nothing. Mm-hmm. Especially how good he's playing. But we got to talk about Zion, man. This dude is unbelievable, unstoppable. Like. <sighs> And he's it not. Like, it's not even like he's dunking everybody. He's just like no. just just taking it to the rack and just taking it to people's chest, and they just bouncing into the stance, and he's just laying it up. And, Rick Carlisle called him yeah, called him a, a point guard Shaq. Like like this dude is so dominant, but he can handle the ball from floor to floor or from end to end and just dominate you. That's like that's a huge compliment. Wow. And and, and he could, he makes his free throws at a decent rate. It's like he's yeah. like at seventy percent. I mean that's passable for a guy. The swole like that, and uh, and you know it's only gonna get better. And he's not, you know, he can make a three pointer. He's not just, I mean, he, he'll take it if you give it to him. Mm-hmm. And he's shooting like a decent thirty four percent, you know. So it's, you know, it. 
his potential is just through the roof. I've always liked the guy. I was worried about him, you know, his health wise. Um, I was a little worried that he didn't look quite as explosive, you know, just dunking everything like you just saw him do in college. Mm-hmm. But he's just showing like his skill is just off the charts, like his finishing, yeah. his, his his driving, his understanding of angles and just mm-hmm. uh, they've got to they've got to get this team into the playoffs at some point. Yeah, it, it, the league needs to see Zion, man. This dude is. I, I almost, I'm almost waiting for him to just leave New Orleans because he's. It's just being in this small city is just doing the league a disservice. He needs to be, you know, he needs to With be the, the show. No, it's fine. <laughs> but you know, it's it's crazy. Like, so he he's averaging 26 a game. It, um, uh, yeah, it, like what kind of a crazy efficiency, right? Like, what, yeah. 60%? It, it seems like every time I, I I I tune into a New Orleans game. He's shooting like twelve of thirteen from the floor. I'm just like, bro, like, <laughs> how do you keep doing this? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, nobody can stop him. Uh, the dude's incredible. I think, I mean, you know, postseason could be different because teams can pack the paint and, gla- and game plan for you. But that's what we need. Man, to yeah, he's like, got to take his up somebody. Somebody's got to do something to him. Like, yeah. But to to me, the the most important stat and the the one that that I'm most happy about. Is that he's played forty three out of forty three games this year? Because, mm-hmm. um, like you said earlier, you know his his availability was in question, um, especially with his injury history at Duke and in his first year. But um, I'm glad that he's been able to play every single game, and he he looks great. Like this, like this kid is must see TV. Um, I, I don't know how many times we're going to gush about him on the pod, but him and Luca are the future stars. Like the league's going to be in good hands once LeBron eventually retires. But um, yeah, uh, Zion is is incredible, man. Like I, <laughs> I don't really have a negative thing to say about him. Um, so yeah, he's shooting sixty three percent from the floor. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, he's six seven. Is imagine if he was like you know six ten or six. It's just unbelievable. He'd be Shaq. And one more thing, I got to give props to Stan Van Gundy. I haven't liked a lot of what he's done with the Pelicans, but. He's unleashed Zion and just give him the ball, give him his 33 minutes a game, and get out of mm-hmm. his way for the most part. And it's mm-hmm. giving unbelievable results. So I give him his one, props on that. One thing I will say is that I'm – I mean, if if we're going to be fair here, Kevin Love was in Minnesota putting up crazy numbers like this or kind of better numbers. Like Kevin Love was averaging like 28 a game with like 15 rebounds in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was on a bad team. They were never good. They never made the postseason. Obviously, th- this is Zion's first full year, so I'm I'm going to try my hardest not to be critical. However, they're twenty and twenty five, and they're not even in the tenth spot in the West for a playing tournament right now. I'm not happy about that. Now, obviously, they're only what they're five games back from the eighth spot or four games back. Um, so I mean, it's it's ground that they can still make up. But they need to start winning some basketball games. <laughs> like, yeah, they lose a lot of are, winnable games at the end. Yeah, these, these guys are, are in danger of not making the postseason. And like you said, that would be criminal. Uh, the NBA absolutely needs the Pelicans in the playoffs, or they need Zion, I should say. And um, yeah, I, you know, it's I, I see what you what you what you're saying, what you're trying to do. But you know, he's only 20 years old, and it's yep, haven't even played 80 games yet. So nope, it, it'll get there uh, if, he, if he's putting up numbers and not winning. You know. They're going to start chirping at him here soon. Yeah. But that's kind of like the New Orleans thing. It just seems like, I mean, they couldn't win with Anthony Davis either. So, I mean, but at least they were a playoff team. 
like twice in like eight years. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Let's talk about the buyout market a little bit. Um, it, it's interesting. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he was a huge name for somebody to get traded. Excuse me. And he did not. Um, I don't know if the Raptors are going to buy him out. He's making like $30 million. Uh, I don't know what Toronto's doing. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, they must have just didn't really like the offers that they were getting for him. And when it came down to it at the deadline, the offers that were kind of rumored was from Miami. Um was what, like Precious Achua and Duncan Robinson and, mm-hmm. I don't know, some filler and some picks. Mm-hmm. And but they wanted they, Tyler Hero. They wanted Tyler Hero, yeah. It, you know, and Miami wasn't going to budge on that for 35-year-old Kyle Lowry um, when they already had Goran Dragic. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the Lakers, I mean, it was tough for us to match the salaries. Um, so we yeah. had to basically throw in Dennis Schroeder, probably KCP, and that's – close enough there but then they wanted an asset like THT while we were trying to do you know like a future pick or something else and you know they wanted Taylor Horton Tucker now you believe that we should have done it the Lakers should have done it but Mm -hmm. you got to feel like LeBron you know if he wanted Kyle Lowry that bad they would have did it so Mm -hmm. I guess he feels like they're okay yeah no I mean yeah you're right and I I trust LeBron's judgment um so I mean you know the, the right move was made I mean, I, I I can't doubt the guy after he won us a championship at this point. So, and I they mean, must really believe in THT. I mean, well, I, I yeah. believe in him too, but I, you know, they Is must. He a clutch client. Yes. Oh, yeah, that, that too. So it's ah, KCP, boy. So yeah. Mm. So maybe yeah. some of that too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, Kyle Lowry. Uh, I, I I do think he's a good player, and I absolutely would have made the deal just because uh, just because of our situation right now. And I expect us to get Drummond, which we did, which we'll talk about shortly. But I just, I, I don't know. I felt like with Kyle Lowry, I felt like he could fit into what we're trying to do with LeBron and AD. Um, more so than a THT could in five years. Because I don't think THT is close to being anything serviceable. So who knows how much of prime LeBron. And like, you know, it, it, <laughs> this dude's been in his prime for like 10 years. But... He's 36. He's only going to get older and slower, and you know he's not going to be able to move. Um, and this, you know, who who knows how much this ankle injury would take out of him? Hopefully, not a lot. But to me, we're we're in more of a win now mode than we've ever had to be in, just because we're we're on LeBron's time. Point you, you're, were you not worried, you know, because once the point guard's like 35, you know, it can go like any at any minute. They could just all of a sudden just be washed up. <laughs> you weren't worried about that happening with Kyle Lowry that, you know, he would just be, uh, you know, not what we need in the playoffs. He would just kind of mm-hmm. just deteriorate or just fall off. And we traded away two starters and, you know, a bench contributor. And now our team is really thin. And Kyle Lowry can't give us even 15 points because he's like, you know, hobbled or something. No. I mean, that's the chance we take. Because, like I said, if if we wait another year, LeBron could fall off a cliff. And then none of it matters. Like, it doesn't matter how good a THT we think TST is going to be if LeBron falls off a cliff next year, we're done. But I say so this that, because we already got, we know what we have is a championship core. We know what we have works. So, you know, it's one thing to, I mean, we just won a championship. Yeah, but we, we, we lost a lot of that core. I mean, we, we, we lost two of our bigs. What, what did we lose? Um, I mean, but Kyle already doesn't Bradley. replace that. No, Andy yeah. Bradley didn't play last year in the, play, in the playoffs. He didn't play in the playoffs, but I mean, he helped us get there. So I don't know. Uh, we lost Danny Green, but, yeah, I see your point. You know, I'm just saying. So, 
and and we were more pretty much the number one seed until AD got hurt and holding steady at number two for the most part when LeBron got hurt. So it's just saying like I don't know. It's just it's it's also a risk that like I said we we throw away some team teammates and chemistry is maybe off and not the same. And it's just maybe the formula doesn't work in the playoffs and now we over here struggling with with you know a a very thin team. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I was kind of lukewarm on on the trade it would have been exciting to do but i kind of understand why the lakers felt like if if they do it they're not trying to go all in on it you know what i'm saying right yeah who i'm kind of looking at sideways now and this is the second time this season they had the chance to do this was philly like why (laughs) you know calorie would have been perfect for them yeah they must have wanted Um, too much i mean i I, i'm not sure i'm not sure what philly i mean i feel like they would have had to give up well, either Ben or Tobias to make no, it work. No, he it makes was, thirty million. Well, they would have had a, a yeah, their salary. That's probably why they were hesitant. Yeah, because the salary would have been crazy. They would have had yeah. Ben, Tobias, and B, uh, and Lowry, and, and Lowry. So yeah, it was just been way too over much. the cap. It, it, it would have definitely been a rental. Um, but I mean, come on, man. Like, are you trying to win or not? Like, if, if it's just <laughs> one one year to go go all in. I don't know. I, I still think they should have traded Ben Simmons for James Harden, but you know, yeah. alas. Uh, and you know, when it comes to Toronto, I don't know. They, they're kind of, they feel like it's it's over for them. So mm-hmm. they should have they should have blown it up and just started building towards the young guys. And maybe they're just waiting. You know, let let, let Kyle Lowry get his last hurrah since he was a franchise legend. But you know, whatever. Yeah, Philly did uh, trade for George Hill in a small move. I don't know. I don't think that pushes the needle for them at all, really. But no, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't. George Hill hasn't. I don't know. He, he used to be really good, like six years ago. Um, but now is is he even serviceable? I mean, like I sometimes I forget he's in the league. No, I don't That's mean that. What he is, I think. I, I don't. I don't think he should be starting or anything or be dependent. You know, dependent on. But mm. a, a team like the Clippers probably could have used him um, just because they need a point guard. But Rondo, obviously now. Uh, so he's just kind of one of those guys, just a veteran point guard. You know. Eighth man, seventh man, don't expect too much from him. Okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what about LaMarcus Aldridge, man? Um, he was in the buyout market. He, uh, he, Another guy who, who they could not find a deal for in San Antonio that they liked, so they decided to let him go for nothing. They bought him out, um, and he signed with the Brooklyn Nets. What are you, what, what's your reaction to this? Man, the, uh, the Nets just signing everybody. It's just... <laughs> Forming up like Voltron to try to, to beat LeBron. That's it's how KD roll, I guess. He got to load up. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think the Aldridge necessarily fits a need for them. Um, other than, just, you know, just more depth. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. He's, he's definitely falling off. He's 35 as well. And uh, just a stretch five at this point. Um, so, you know, it just adds another dimension to their team. And. It's if you're gonna have a guy, just kind of be a, a role player. It's, it's you know we, history's shown that former stars tend to have more intangibles if they if they embrace the role that they fall into. So yep, you know if Aldridge comes in and he understands that he's I don't know fifth option, sixth option, you know on the totem, I don't know, and just plays his role. I guess he's gonna be coming off the bench still for off of DeAndre Jordan. Probably. Maybe they'll start him. I don't know, but um. I feel like he could have done more on another team. So this just shows to me that he's just trying to come along for a ring. Yeah. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. He's at the end of his career. He's 35 years old. This is, again, this this how the league works. 
Shaq did it. Carl Malone did it. Gary Payton tried to do it. Um, well, I guess he did it in Miami. So, like, it's, I mean, it, it, you know, when a player's past their prime and they're not the guy anymore, it's, it's time for them to submit their legacy by winning a ring. Um, and this, this is the media's fault because the media hammers into you. Rings. You're, you're nothing if you don't win a ring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys like LaMarcus Aldridge is, is, is doing it now. Blake Griffin. Um, but look, <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge is falling off a cliff. This dude's averaging 13 points a game. Um, like four rebounds. Like I, this this doesn't matter to me. Uh, Lamarcus, like you said, like he he doesn't necessarily fit a, a need for them. Um, he's not helping if, their defense. <laughs> if if he starts, uh, I don't imagine that he'll be closing games. Like I I still think they'll try to go small with KD, um, and probably have like Joe Harris in there with Kyrie and uh and uh Harden. But I I don't know. I just. I, I I I don't see him being an impact player, and I don't see this move being very meaningful long term. You but, know what's uh, interesting about the Nets is that those young guys, those no name dudes like Claxton and Brown and stuff, like those are the ones that's actually like playing defense and playing hard and stuff. So they're signing these vets like Blake Griffin and Aldridge to take their minutes and just be stiff, slow dudes out there. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that the guys that are playing minutes and hustling now they're replacing them with. You know these guys who used to be stars, and it'll just be an interesting transition to watch how how they iron this out. And the longer KD is out, the longer you know that they don't really have the full team to iron out chemistry issues. Um, so it'll be interesting. I I, I I said when they made the Harden trade, I didn't think this was going to be the year because they didn't have enough guys, and they've kind of filled that gap a little bit by just signing a whole bunch of former stars to fill these roles. Um, so now they're they've got guys. I still don't know if they have the right mix of guys who know their role and play defense and, mm-hmm. you know, just all the intangible things. So we'll see. But they're without a doubt, you know, the Lakers' biggest contender to the championship, you know, other than health. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're legit. You know, one thing one thing I think um, that Miami did in the trade for Victor Oladipo is getting another guy to help guard the Nets. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, they were overly concerned about Milwaukee. So they got guys to help guard Giannis. Mm-hmm. This year, I feel like Pat Riley was like, okay, they have KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Um, you know, Jimmy can guard one of them. Bam can guard one of them. But we need somebody else to guard the other one. And I think Victor Oladipo is the guy. Um, not saying he's going to um, stop them, but he, he's proven himself capable. Uh, he, he has the heart for defense. And I, I, I honestly think Miami specifically targeted Victor Oladipo uh, just so – but just because they're looking at the Nets. I mean, they've already got the Bucks figured out, so they ain't worried about them no more. <laughs> but uh, the Nets, I really think that that's why they went and got Victor Oladipo. Um, yeah, I can see it. Uh, Horford, this was this was came out of nowhere. Uh, the <laughs> management in OKC decided to announce that they're going young and they're not going to play Al Horford anymore for the rest of the season. He still owed $54 million on a two-year deal with them. After this um, year. After this year, and I just it's uh interesting, very, very interesting. I, I don't think they're gonna buy Al Horford out because he just that's just so much money. But what yeah. the hell? Um, what <laughs> this came out of nowhere, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of speechless at this. It's I, I feel bad for Al Horford, honestly. Well, he agreed to it. Apparently, it's one of those things that uh, you know, they don't he's 35 as well, I want to say, and uh, they don't want him to risk getting injured, you know, for these main of these games because they're, they're also trying to tank slick, uh, well, not slick at all, that's obviously what they're trying to do. Um, (laughs) 
So and, and they've kind of been winning too much. So I think they're kind of just like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Al, <laughs> you got to shut it down. Uh, Shay, Gil, just Alexander, you go fake, you know, plantar fasci- fasciitis. You'll miss a couple weeks here. And <laughs> let's 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 stabilize things and get this down to the, the bottom yeah. five here. Houston and, got a 20 game winning streak. Uh, losing yeah, streak. Yeah, what are y'all like, doing? Okay. Orlando blowing it up, Houston blowing it up. Oh, we got to get back in this thing. So that's, that's that's what it looks like to me. And it's interesting because um, if this would have been a, a a star, you know, they the Pelican. I mean, the league wouldn't even let them sit Anthony Davis out when they were sitting him out when he demanded, you know, after the season, after the trade deadline, and they knew they were going to trade him in the offseason, uh, his last year with the Pelicans. The league was tripping. They made him. You know, they made the Pelicans still play him, though. I think it was kind of he was complaining. He still wanted to play. But I'm just trying to say, if this would have been a star, I don't think they would have just swept this under the rug and let let them sit him out for, for what, 36 games. Or right. Like it's kind of outrageous. Um, but, you know, there's double standards in the league between small markets and big markets and stars and has been. <laughs> um, but, you know, I. I don't. I don't even think next year he's going to be really tradable. So I guess they're just going to run this thing out again next year, and then the year after that, when he's got one year left, then they'll either buy him out or trade him in. If he could still hold on to his skills, I think he he could still be a useful player for somebody. He's just he's making too much money, and mm-hmm. that's when you notice all these guys getting bought out or kind of just getting cast aside to sit out for the traded, like Andre Drummond, Lamarcus Aldridge, Al Horford. Uh, and, and, and like Kevin Love is kind of just stuck in purgatory at the Cavs. It's interesting, mm-hmm. interesting thing we were kind of talking about in our chat that uh, these big guys are just kind of just getting pushed aside, man. What do you think about that? Like, it's almost yeah. like you don't want to pay any, these big guys anymore or else in a couple of years they're going to be a garbage contract. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting because, um, you know, even 20 years ago, it was still a big man's league. Like Shaq, Shaq was the guy, right? So Shaq, Shaq was the blueprint for what you wanted in a big man but and you know he 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 says he says this himself he killed the big man and i i think it's true because you know guys would have like four or five seven footers on the team trying to guard shack um but he he would just bully them and dominate them and he made them into jump shooters and i i think that that kind of translated in the years to more big guys wanting to shoot and now everybody can shoot and you know there's there's no need for somebody to go post up on the block and throw the ball to him. I mean, unless it's the postseason, but like that, that that's just completely out of the game. Like the game's so spread out. So big men are kind of losing their value because big men like Blake Griffin and uh, who are we talking about? Uh, Al Horford. And you know, like the, like these guys can't move. <laughs> yeah. Like, once they lose that's, mobility, that's, especially. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's just what it comes down to. Like they can't move. They, they can't keep up with the pace of the game. So and when, Drummond just can't shoot and never learn, so they yeah. just gave up on him. Yeah, like, like you know, Blake Griffin, bless his heart, like he, he tries so hard to, to defend pick and roll coverage, but he's getting blown by on on you know by like the third string point guard out there every time, and like that, that's a problem. Like we need to be able to defend, we need to be able to, uh, you know, pick pick your coverages, and like I don't know, like teams. Teams like the Warriors that like invented that small ball death lineup just completely exploited it. Like you don't need a big man. Like this, this is how we're gonna do things now. And they won three championships like that. So uh, the big man is dying. Um, they they're they're not completely dead yet because Joel Embiid exists and he is dominating. But um, he hasn't won a championship. He hasn't had a deep postseason run. So it's it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I really don't like it, but I understand. Kind of thought that maybe after how the Lakers won last year. 
you know, playing so big that they might bring the big man back because they, you know, teams uh, might have to get bigs to contend with the Lakers, but then they just let their bigs go. So yeah, like, I'm about okay. to say, yeah, I mean, I mean that that's twofold because I mean, you know, at first we weren't even playing Javale and Dwight. Like in the Houston series, they were unplayable. I mean, in in Miami, you know, they both barely played. I mean, in the Denver series, you know, they, there was a need for him because of Jokic, but um, you know that I mean. People could see that as well and be like, hey, you know, we don't really need the big man. And then, of course, like you said, we just let them go anyway. So I think that traditional bit, like the bigs that can do everything, like the Jokic's and the Embiid's, AD's, uh, possibly Bam's, you know, that's more mm-hmm. the, the evolution. But yeah. real quick, can I touch on what you said which about Shaq? And I agree with that. But I think it's not necessarily he just demoralized the bigs and had them shoot outside, which that's part of it, like the Dirks and the KGs and all that. Mm-hmm. It's also because the rules changed. I think David Stern was just tired of Shaq just dunking everybody and just, <laughs> just bullying everybody. It's like, man, this is getting ugly. And, yeah. and changed the rules to, you know, turn off hand checking and kind of influence more offensive uh, flow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, kind of brought it back to where, I say brought it back, it was started it to where, the guys on the perimeter was just starting to realize, man, they can't even touch me. They can't grab me no more. So, uh, you know, that's when offenses started exploding. Like Allen yeah. Iverson winning MVP and winning all scoring titles. And then Steve Nash all of a sudden blew up and really turned the game. And mm-hmm. I think that's, in a sense, that's how Shaq killed the big man because David Stern killed the big man with the rule changes. Yeah. But, I mean, Shaq still did it. It's his fault. And, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, it's funny. It's funny we, we mentioned Shaq can be disrespectful. I think it like today I saw it on Facebook. It's like 20 something years to the day where, where he dunked on the dude from New York and then pushed him. <laughs> Bruh, to, I, I've never seen something so blank, like just 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 blatant disrespect. Like he, he just had to not like that guy. Like he backed him down, turned, gave him the bow, two hand dunked on him landed on him and then pushed him out of bounds like dang because every was, game Shaq was in was just a battle man it was a war guys were just beating him up to try to win position <laughs> because he was just so dominant just getting like he come down to the you know offense and he would just run down to the key yeah, like right under the him. basket yeah, with like no opposite there's nothing you could do this guy's so big <laughs> and strong and he just runs down to the right under the basket and you know so, you know, the other team would just beat him up and be hanging all on him just to try to wear him down. And that Shaq, I mean, a lot of times he got frustrated at that because the refs weren't calling fouls. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Shaq. You're <laughs> it's a beast, man. One of a kind. It's hilarious. I, one of a one kind. Of a yeah, we'll we'll probably never see it again. But his his highlights and the memories I have are, are never going to get old. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Andre Jumman, man. Andre Jumman. Uh, he's been a bio candidate for like a month now. Um, and they finally decided to do it. And he, of course, uh, he announced today that he signed with the Lakers. Um, many fans have very mixed opinions about Andre Drummond on the Lakers. I want to hear your thoughts because I'm very interested in what you have to say and how you think he fits with our team. I think he'll help. I mean, I just I, I don't think um, everybody should just expect that he's the Calvary and he's going immediately, <laughs> uh, you know, just anchor this team without LeBron and AD. Uh, I think he'll help in that instance. But it's just like I think at this point. Possibly he's starting to learn like his transition uh, that if he wants to stick around in this league as like a starter and high level player, he's got to kind of change his role and what he's doing mm-hmm. uh, on a winning team. So hopefully he's learning that. And I think if he focuses and fits in and, and tries to fit into what Frank Vogel is asking him to do, I think he could be great defensively and on the boards. And, um, you know, I think we'll throw him, you know, a couple post touches here and there, especially without LeBron and AD. He's got, you know, we've got touches and shots. Um, 
I, I'm interested to see how he's going to fit with LeBron, though, because he's not necessarily like a, an above-the-rim guy on the pick-and-roll. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's a type that he'll catch it, uh, possibly, because he doesn't have the best hands. And then he'll just <laughs> kind of throw it up on the rim and just keep getting the rebound until he, you know, he makes it. He, he's just kind of one of those kind of keep putbacks, uh, you know, pity patting the, the bunnies around until he gets it. Uh, so, you know, I think he's going to mess up a lot of LeBron's assists. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just interested <laughs> to see how LeBron takes that. I mean, I guess a bucket is a bucket. Um, no, and then just, just the spacing not. and how that works with, with, with AD out there, too. I guess AD yeah. is going to be playing more of, like, the stretch four, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy to have him. Like I said, worst case, I'm thinking he could fit the Dwight role. And best case, maybe he could add a little something extra. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting. So, like you... I I want Laker fans to be very aware that this is absolutely not the Calvary. Um, Andre Drummond is not a scrub, but he is no means like he's he's never been a twenty and ten guy. Um, he was an All Star in Detroit. I don't really know why, but um, I guess because he was they leading had, the league in rebounds. I mean, yeah, that they had a couple playoff runs. Ah, that's right, that's right. So yeah, look, Andre Drummond is is a solid guy. I, I think I think that that he can. Um, I was going to say defend the rim, but, um, okay. Yeah. I'll give him that. He's, he's, he can defend the rim. He can rebound, but he's been known to be a little weak in the paint as far as going against other bigs. Yeah, um, uh, Joel Embiid, like is his daddy basically. Right? Yeah. Joel Embiid, like 30 and 20, like no nap, no, no pregame meal. It's a wrap. Um, so wow. Hopefully we don't ever have to cross that bridge. Luckily he's in the East though. Um, well, Marcus so owns Joel Embiid, so that's kind of. At least you historically, saying, you don't believe it, but you know. I'm about to say I don't believe it. You keep saying that, but I don't know, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he 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 is a great rebounder, um, and I, I do think that he can be a lob threat. I know he hasn't really shown that historically, but if LeBron says, "Nigga, you better catch it and dunk it," I'm sure I'm sure he'll you know <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll figure it out. So um, the the good thing yet the, the good thing about Andre Drummond is that he's only like he's like my age or like a year younger he's like twenty seven or twenty six something like that so he's still young he he's got his legs he can still move um, so that I'm I'm happy about but I don't expect anything from him on the offensive end when I say anything I mean anything if it's if it's not a lob dunk or a trash layup I don't expect it to go in that's just my personal opinion of Andre Drummond's game um, but yeah. I, I I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not that excited about this. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we have him just because we're so decimated by injuries. But he is by no means the Calvary, and I have no idea how he's going to fit with LeBron and AD. Um, I, I think he'll be on the bench in playoff time just because, like I've stated, our best lineup was with AD at the five and four shooters and LeBron or three shooters and LeBron. So, yeah. But in in the postseason, I'm sure he if, if we're going to get Jokic or somebody like that, he'll he'll be of value. Yeah, I mean, I, I again echoing your thoughts. I, I'm happy to have him. I, I'm almost wondering why did he sign with us, really? Yeah. I, deep down, I don't, I don't really understand it. I mean, I know we're offering him a starter role, but he had to have seen how it went in the playoffs. Like AD is our best five, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I just feel like he could have maybe signed with like a Dallas or a New York or something, and especially since Mitchell Robinson is out for them for the year, uh, yeah, and maybe like sucks. showcased. You know, you know, if he still wants to make money. Maybe he's maybe he just wants to win. I mean, and, and it props to him if he feel like this is the best spot for him to win. Uh, maybe maybe that's true, but I don't know. Like you said, he's still in the prime of his career and kind of just accepted a minimum uh, contract. Um, and 
maybe we can help rehab his value and, you know, he can make money somewhere else next year. But I don't know. I just feel like he could have put up numbers with Dallas or, or New York or mm-hmm. Charlotte. I don't know. Just anywhere, basically. Yeah. They, they probably would have paid him, too. Celtics, um, yeah. I, I doubt that we're going to pay him what he wants. Uh, so we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, like I said, I mean, how, how many years does he have left? Or is this his last year on his deal? Uh, Andre Drummond? Yeah. So he, he bought out his contract. So Oh, that's right. Duh. He signed with that's the Lakers right. for the minimum. Yeah. Okay. So that's just for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see, man. We will see. Um, we, we, we covered a lot of ground here today. And just as we wrap up, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on uh, one team in the East and one team in the West that, that kind of made that leap uh, over this trade deadline or buyout market. And who you, who you think to be a real contender? Uh, yeah, go ahead. So in the East, Miami, definitely. They needed a, yeah. they needed some juice. Um, so I think, obviously, we, we love the moves they made. They're probably the big winners of the deadline, to be honest. I agree. Uh, but in the West, I, I like Denver. Yep. Uh, I don't know if their moves necessarily put them in a different tier. But I think mm-hmm. when it comes to the playoffs, they're going to be at least similar to how they were last year. Jeremy Grant now swapped out for Aaron Gordon. I think that's an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then JaVale McGee for Mason Plumlee, there's probably about the same. And, yeah. um, you know, losing Gary Harris. So they're they're probably at least the same team that took, went to the Western Conference Finals last year. Yeah. Because I was a little concerned that they lost too much uh, in the offseason and they were kind of falling down, falling off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know, like maybe this is enough to make the record uh, become better and better as the Lakers slide down. They'll probably get into the top four and um, maybe Jokic. He's been putting up numbers. Maybe he'll be MVP favorite. Mm, great point. So, yeah, man, look, my my two teams are the exact same um, in the East is Miami. Just for what I described earlier, I, I think they're gearing up to face Brooklyn in the postseason. Um, and I really love Victor Oladipo's game. He's a great two-way player, and I think he can really help them offensively. And um, I guess he's going to kind of take away Duncan Robinson's or Tyler Hero's minutes, so we'll have to see how that works. Um, but uh, I, I that mean, was, that was it, a good point you made earlier about him matching up with the Nets, like defensively too. That's that's a very good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, so. I mean, that to me, that, that's the entire reason that they got Oladipo. And in the West, same thing, man. Denver. Um, like I said earlier, I, I think that this is a great time for them to go all in and to try to do what they can to get the best potential players to maximize around their guys, Jokic and Jamal Murray. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is coming along. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how the Paul Millsap situation is going to work. I don't know what they're going to do there, who they're going to start. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Denver sideways and I'm looking at Miami sideways for sure, both teams. And Clippers, obviously, Rondo. I think that's a stealth move that yeah. could pay off a big real, real quick, Portland, they traded Gary Trent Jr. and took mm. Norm Powell. Is that, is that really – I mean, Norm Powell's having a great year. Yeah, he's that, averaging like that, 20 a game. Yeah, on great efficiency too. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that push anything for Portland there? Or is that kind of a lateral move? I don't know, man. I mean, the thing about Portland is that, like, these guys can't ever be healthy together. Um, Nurkic has been out like all year. Like I, I think he's about to come back soon. He, I think he tweeted, but yeah. I mean, and then CJ McCollum was out for like a month with a, I think a foot injury or something. Um, so I mean, if they can get all their guys healthy, I think that this team can be good. And I, I do think that Norm Powell is, is a good addition for them because he's another guy that can help them actually score instead of just being one of those, um, you're, you're either a shooter or a defender type guys. Um, so I mean, like you know, it's good in that aspect, but I need I need Portland to be healthy. Like, 
I mean, it, 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 it's, it's hard to gauge how good their team can be because I can't never see them all together. So, okay, a temperature check then on the West real quick. If if the Lakers just put them aside, they're the sleeping giant. They're hurt right now, but everybody knows if they get it together, they'll probably still be the favorites. Mm-hmm. But put them aside, I guess the Clippers are probably the, the best team in the West right now outside of the Lakers. Uh, like, I would are, say, I would say Denver, these, Denver and the Clippers okay. are probably even. Okay, okay. So Denver and Clippers in a tier, and then you got the Jazz, I don't know, the Suns, Nuggets. I mean, not Nuggets, Blazers. Mm-hmm. Probably right there in a, another tier. Yeah, exactly. Mavericks, it's interesting because I, I still don't give Utah and Phoenix a ton of credit, uh, even though they're having a fantastic regular season. I just I, I don't really see them being difficult to face in the postseason. Right. And in the East, you pretty much got it down to Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Heat, probably the top yes, four. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Same. And I think honestly, bro, like uh, I'm telling you, Miami. <laughs> Depending on depending on who they have to face first, Miami may knock out a favorite. Um, whether it's Milwaukee or or Brooklyn, I, I, I don't know if they're gonna knock out Brooklyn. I mean, I guess it just depends on when KD gets back, which Steve Nash says that it's not gonna be anytime soon. Um, silent him for a month and a half. Oh, that's how long he's been out for. Yeah. So it, it's interesting, man. I, I'm not sure. Um, I would honestly love to see Philly pull through, just because I, I'm a huge Joel Embiid fan. But if let, let, let me ask you this. <laughs> if there's a team that you don't want to see in the, in the NBA Finals, who is it? Whew, and I don't want to see. You don't want to see them? It probably would be the Sixers. It probably would be the Sixers. Because, they, yeah. they, you know, the whole Embiid thing would just be a problem. Yeah. But actually, they, they match up well with our best players, mm-hmm. a, AD and LeBron. So they've got Simmons for LeBron, Tobias also to throw at him, And then, you know, they got Dwight and Embiid. For, to guard AD, to get the guard AD, to yeah. give him problems. So that probably because with the <laughs> Nets, I don't think they really got anything for our best players. Really, they don't. I, I still feel like you know, with the chips are down. LeBron and AD just gonna have to average forty, and they they can do it against these guys. Mm-hmm. Or it's the, the Sixers, I think that would be a challenge. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I, I literally have the same reaction, and that's why I asked you that question because I, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm just like, bro, like I I don't want to see Philly. Like Embiid is so dominant, and like you said, they they've got him and Dwight to throw at AD. And then Ben Simmons and Tobias can – I'm not saying they're going to stop LeBron, but that's a good matchup for LeBron, mm-hmm. whereas Brooklyn literally has nobody to guard either one of those guys. Um, so it's, it's interesting, man. It's interesting to see how things are going to shake out. Uh, the rest of the season is going to be very, very exciting. Um, and I can't wait for the postseason, man. It's the best time of the year aside from uh, free agency because that's just a whole other animal. But um, Yes, sir. Just you, get man. healthy, Lakers. I know it. Yeah, get healthy. We need you back. And uh, Javar, thanks for being on the pod, man. Great episode. Anytime. It was a good one for sure.